0: Five Entrepreneurial Mindset Traits for Success in Business is what we're going to cover on today's episode.
1: You are listening to the Champion Hustle Podcast, Play to Succeed in Business and in Life, featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black.
0: Hello and welcome to the Champion Hustle Podcast. This is episode number 14. My name is Ryan Black. And my name is Levi Hunsaker. And welcome to today's episode. Levi, how are you doing today?
1: Pretty good, Ryan. I hear you're uh, getting your exercise on a lot more.
0: I am focusing on health right now. We've talked about it in the past, right? The five Fs that we have: That's faith, right. family, fitness, finances, and fun. And over the last little while, I definitely have increased my focus on the uh, well, the fitness health side of it. So, seeing some great results and uh, loving it. So, yes. Happy to be here and excited to talk about today's topic, which is really interesting. I love these mindset discussions that we have because mindset is so, so important. Um, And so uh, we got five different key traits that we wanted to go over today that uh, I'm sure we'll learn a thing or two. I know that we try to embrace these and I know that everyone listening today will also enjoy it as well. So with that, let's just dive in.
1: Yeah, so... One of the biggest things why we focus on this and and have a monthly episode on mindset is it is that important in your business. It's that important in your life because otherwise you get stuck in a rut. And I've probably said this before. It's one of my favorite quotes. Um, Ellen Glasgow says, the only difference between a rut and a grave is the depth. So we don't want to get stuck in that, that rut because we're we're basically on our way to a slow death of even just a death of passion. And that's not a fun place to be. I've been there. So the first thing that we're going to talk about today is having a positive mental attitude. Now, the interesting thing about this is that positivity is a skill. A lot of times we don't think of it like that. Positivity is a skill. And the best news is that it can be learned. So, you know, Really, as as you're going through that, as you're trying to progress in learning positivity, make sure that you focus on the things that you can control. And the best thing to do is to start with yourself because you can control everything about yourself. So, like Ryan was talking about, there's a reason I brought that up at the beginning. Health, diet, exercise, those are the big things that you can control that have the biggest impact on yourself personally. And really, when you feel better, you do better.
0: Well, and that's a really good point, Levi, because, you know, I love how you say positivity is a skill that can be learned because it absolutely is in any given. And we've talked about this before in prior episodes, but in any given situation, right, our interpretation of what happens is what we can control over. We can't necessarily control the facts of what actually happened. We control our response. And so... I don't know if it's just uh, human nature or if it's something that we've been conditioned to do from a societal standpoint, but people tend to be pessimistic. They tend to be that way. And so um, it really is a breath of fresh air when you meet somebody who is optimistic and positive <laughs> and but authentically so, right? Not like with their head in the clouds and they're just, you know, I mean, but realistically looking for the positive things. And, and I do agree that, In order to feel, because a lot of times when we are out of control or not out of control, when we lack control in a certain situation, that is where we start to get down. You start to get depressed. You start to get in that rut. And so rather than focusing on those things that are beyond our control, focusing on the small things that we can control absolutely can make all the difference because then you get all of these little wins. Instead of being yeah. overwhelmed, like I don't know about you, but I I, I suffer with that feeling overwhelmed. It's like ah, I got this and this and this and this and. Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, so there's, I, I there's a lot to simplify. Going on. Yeah, simplify it and down, right?
1: Yeah, you got to simplify. Simplify your your own personal life, and and I guess one thing that I want to mention on that is the next step after you've kind of focused on yourself and focused on the things that you can control. There there are so many outside influences that can have. A negative aspect on your on you personally, on your your mental health, on your mindset, on your state of progression in your business, on your uh, I, I guess your resolve to to reach the goals that you're looking for, and sometimes that's news media those types of things. So be careful about the content you're consuming because what goes into your mind has a huge impact on how you feel, how you think, how you behave. And so really be careful about that. And then the second thing is be careful about who you're spending time with. Um, you know, this is something that I've been going, going through recently is uh, having someone in my life that has negativity. And that's never an easy decision to make to kind of pull back from a re- relationship. But sometimes you have to do that. And really you've got to think about what that relationship is bringing you to progress towards your goals. And if negativity is coming into your life because of that relationship, sometimes you've got to unfortunately limit that time that you spend with that individual because it's not benefiting you.
0: Yeah, and that can be particularly difficult or sensitive if that individual is a family member, right? I mean, hopefully it's, hopefully it's not your I know it's not your spouse. So I know her well. She's <laughs> no, it's a sweet not Jill. She's a sweetheart. But, I mean, you know, like a sibling or an extended family member, that can be a little more difficult. But absolutely, the people that you surround yourself with, there are certain, I'd call them toxic relationships in life. And that will have either a positive or a negative, or well, the, the relationships you have will have either a positive or a negative effect on your mindset, and um, and it is it's so 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 important. This morning, actually, uh, I made a posting onto my uh, social media uh, talking about focus, about where where your focus goes. Right, the the more you focus on something, it expands, and um, and so I actually extended an invitation. So it's cool that you mentioned it. Uh, I would extend it to our listeners as well, invite you this week as you're going through the week to only focus on ingesting positive things, things that will help you focus more on your goals rather than things that are distracting you from your goals. I think you'll notice that um, if you kind of shut that out and don't allow it to come into your mind, you'll have a lot more mental clarity at the end of the week. So, Yeah, Awesome. Speaking of mind, let's go to number two. And I, I love this one because, uh, you know, this is having a creative mindset is really the second characteristic. And I'm this is something I'm really passionate about because creativity has been a big part of my professional working life. As I mentioned before, I used to be a commercial filmmaker for over a decade and uh, I mean, I've been a photographer and done different things. But, but uh, being creative is something that's really important to me. And, um, and, and sometimes when we think about being creative, we think about uh, being artistic or musical. And those are ways of being creative, but true creativity is, is much more um, expansive than that, right? When, when you're starting your company, you're looking at an idea of something that you could do. And you wanna do it smarter, better, faster, and you wanna innovate. And so in order to do that, you have to think outside of the box. That's what we're talking about when creativity. It may align with you know artistic creativity, which is cool. But even if it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's simply always being looking for ways to expand, to innovate, and being open to the possibility of change. Um, one of our good friends and uh, fellow mentors, uh, he always says the only constant in life is change, and that is one thing that you need to be able to adapt to change. (laughs) As we've seen over the last nine months, um, right, in this uh, economic times, companies that have not adapted have disappeared. And it's really sad, but you have to be ready for change. And the only way that you can adapt to that change and not only survive, but thrive is through creativity. And it also, likewise, with the, uh, you know, got the mental attitude, the positive mental attitude that can be learned. Creativity also absolutely, is a skill that can be learned. It just takes effort.
1: Yeah. And really when you you think about being creative, like Ryan mentioned, it's even in any industry, you might think, oh, well, there's nothing creative that can come in my industry. Fast food, for example, there's nothing really creative. Well, that's not necessarily true. What about how you serve your customers? What about how, um, you prepare the ingredients. What about how you um, bring new items onto the menu? Right there, there's creativity. But if you're stuck in a mindset where you're not allowed to expand your vision and expand your thoughts, um, that's when companies like that 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 failed to innovate, failed to change. That's when they have problems. And so, really, as you're looking at your business, think about expanding and growing what your capabilities are and, and how you can better serve your customers, how you can better serve your target market. And when you start thinking outside of yourself and outside of the box and let that creativity flow, that's when the true power comes into your business.
0: Well, and I don't know um, if you've ever been there. I, I love that you mentioned fast food. The uh, In Heber, there's a, a, a burger joint called Dairy Keen. Have you ever been there or ever heard of it?
1: Um, I've heard of it. I've never been there.
0: So we went there last year uh, and we were up in Heber. It's uh, a city here in Utah. That's uh, kind of up in the mountains, really p- picturesque, pretty area. And it was just this little local burger joint, but the theme, it was very thematic. They were creative, right? And they took what, and I don't know if this was over time or if they've always been this way, but as soon as we walked in, it was like the little, uh, like Thomas, the train engine. Like it was, it was all about trains. But it was so cool. Like it was such an experience. They had uh, model trains that were running throughout the entire restaurant on raised tracks. Everything was thematic. They had a whole section of the restaurant rather than dining. um, It was just a bunch of toy trains. So all these kids were there building trains. And they sold burgers, fries, and shakes. But all of the, you know, everyone was kind of dressed in train attire. And they had some, um, you know, decorations outside. But it was Dairy Keen, Home of the Train. Or I can't remember what their slogan was. But... I was like, wow, and the place was packed. And I was reading the reviews on it because we, you know, we looked to find a place to eat. Read the reviews and everyone was like this place is incredible. It's just burgers. <laughs> Creativity. <laughs> it got it, it it was to the point where we're like, man, like maybe we should open a burger joint and, <laughs> and make a thematic place because it was such a fun experience. We were there with our kids and they had dioramas and displays and it was it was almost like half museum, half burger joint. But uh, I mean the food was good. But it was the experience, the experience of being creative and saying, OK, we could, you know, be like every other burger joint. But how can we differentiate ourselves? And um, I mean, there was literally a line out the door the entire time we were there. So it uh, yeah.
1: it works. I, I, I love that you talk about that, that it's about the experience. When, whenever you uh, have food or maybe a theme park or any of these other kinds of things, what are they actually creating? They're creating an experience and the experience creates memories. So that that's huge. Can you create an incredible experience for your customers? Yeah. So yeah. All right. So the next one we're going to talk about is persuasive communication ability. Now this is another one where Okay. Well, where do we use persuasion? We're going to use it in negotiation. We're going to use it in sales, customer service. And really when you, it comes right down to it, we are going to use it in every aspect of leadership, leadership in our personal lives, leadership in people that we want to have, uh, influence people that we have on our teams in, inside of our business leadership is is really persuading people to be them best their best selves so that's huge and one of the best ways that you can have persuasion with your market is to lead with value so it's it's not an an idea of dragging people to your business because to be honest if you have to to drag people to it you're gonna have to drag people through it now are those the types of customers that you want to have no you want Mm -hmm people that are going to be raving fans of your business and to do that you start with value and the people that want what you have to offer they're going to self-identify themselves so you start with value and per- that's your best technique for s- persuasion um and another one is social proof now this is a cool one you can always tell your story and how what you have created has helped you but you can't tell that very many times because at the end of the day Nobody really cares about you personally. And and that's probably a harsh way to say it. <laughs> You're so but, rude. <laughs> yeah, so so rude. But if you take a step back and look at it, when people are looking for something, they're looking for a solution. They're looking for, for a solution for a problem that they have. That's why I say they don't care about you because they're looking at a, at a way to improve something for themselves. So one of the best things that you can do with social proof is to celebrate and elevate the success stories of people that you've been able to help. When you are able to do that, you're showing the value that you have created for other people already. When you're able to do that, people can connect more easily themselves and you're not having to sell. That's the problem is salesmen get a, a really bad name because there are certain people that are very pushy and they haven't created the value and they haven't showed that kind of social proof. And so they get that bad reputation. But if you change the way that, that you are interacting with your customers before a sale is ever made, that's when you have fans afterwards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that is really an important point when it comes to sales because the, I mean, you think about it, we all love to buy things. We love to be consumers. And when we have a challenge, whatever that is, and we're looking for a solution, we are happily, like, for example, um... I don't, do you like sushi? No. Okay. This <laughs> podcast is over. No, I'm just kidding. I love sushi. And Cancel so, culture. Yeah. So um, with sushi, for example, if we're really hungry and we go to a sushi restaurant, like I want the, the server to sell us on all of the best things. Like we don't care what the rolls cost. It's just like, what are your top like 10 rolls? We'll take those. <laughs> And so we just go, 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 go. And so why? Because we want to be sold in that instance because we're craving sushi and we really want to get a good selection of the most popular, most authentic roles. Now for Levi, I know that's maybe not a good example for you, but you get the concept, right? And so that was the first thing that came to mind. I'm thinking about sushi for some reason. I always seem to be thinking about food when we're doing this podcast. It's because it's lunchtime, baby. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, that's the that's the key difference. Is when you establish the value first, then you're not coming across as being pushy. That that you listen to what the customer wants, you provide them with the solutions, and rather than just trying to push it on, people will gladly accept what it is that you're offering. But you have to establish the value and have that relationship of trust going into it.
1: Yeah, another another big one there. It, um, I. I noticed as you were talking, you you mentioned that you want the server to sell you on the best options. And we're going to yeah. come right back to what we said earlier. You want the experience. You want to enjoy that experience of going and getting the best sushi that you can get in the area that you're in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, in Utah, sometimes that's a challenge to find. <laughs> exactly. I'm, sh- I'm sure. But uh, but yeah, you, you want that experience. So you're willing to go and pay... A, for that experience. So, All right, so the next thing we wanna talk about in terms of persuasion is the power of reciprocity. Now, what does that mean? So if you really think about it and think of it like a relationship, you've got family and friends, and when you are building a relationship with family and friends, you have this give and take. They do things for you, you do things for them, right? That's reciprocity. Now, when you start looking at it in business, You've got to start treating business like a relationship because uh, you've probably heard before some people say, well, it's not personal, it's business. And I'm going to tell you that that's a total load of crap because business is personal and it should be personal because guess what? You are talking to and serving people and these people, when you can have their best interests in mind, will become your fans. I've said that before in this episode already. So really start building and cultivating that relationship and think about where you can have a give and take and have reciprocity in your business and start creating good, solid, long-term relationships with your customers, with your clients. And the last thing I'm gonna mention about this is, guess what? Persuasion is a business skill. And every business skill- can it be learned? (laughs) <laughs> Holy cow, it can be learned.
0: Persuasion Woo! is a
1: skill that is learnable. Are you noticing a theme here?
0: <laughs> Everything can be learned. And, that, and that's the thing is, is anytime you have some? oh, it's I just, I wasn't born with that skill. I just am this way by nature. These are my limitations. I'm this, I'm that. Good for you. Would you like a cookie? Now learn the skill that you need to be able to overcome that, right? Well, no. And, and-
1: Henry Ford said it best, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't,
0: you're right. Yeah. 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 It's, we all have limitations. We all have things. You sometimes we tend to look at folks who, who have achieved certain levels of success. Oh, I wish, man, they were just born with it. Uh, no, they weren't. <laughs> they developed it over a long time and a lot of work and a lot of effort. So everything can be, well, and, can and be
1: some right. people have natural tendencies towards certain things but that doesn't mean that you can't do it too. It just might take a little more work if you are determined enough to make it happen.
0: Yep, that's that's how it is. All right, number four. Let's look at the fourth mindset trait for success. That is intrinsic motivation and drive. Intrinsic motivation and drive. You know, one of the things when we look at, at, uh, or really any venture, you say, you wanna have some skin in the game, right? Why is it important to have skin in the game? Because that is what we call a natural motivator. <laughs> because if you if you have nothing to lose, it's not really going to hurt that much if you do lose. But if you have had to sacrifice and scrimp and you know stretch to be able to get things going, and then all of a sudden, uh, that's uh, natural motivation. Natural motivation to, it kind of reminds me of the, like the old Saturday morning cartoons where you'd have like the animals chasing each other and (laughs) you know, like with the, where they put like the fire underneath them and they're like bouncing. Like that's what I think of when I think of skin in the game. It's you're going to keep bouncing and hopping because otherwise you're going to singe some tail feathers, (laughs) right? You got to get yourself moving, get yourself going. Having skin in the game is so important when you know when we're looking at taking something and creating it and expanding it and nurturing it over time obviously the consistency is one of the keys is not just at the beginning but over time and one thing that a lot of people can tend to struggle with is continuing to be passionate or or keeping that motivation on the long haul because it's easy to be excited right excitement is short-term enthusiasm is perpetual and so the difference is when you are focused on your vision, on your why. Why are you doing something? That translates or or converts that that um, excitement into enthusiasm. And when you see the people, you know, you see you see entrepreneurs that are up, you know, burning the midnight oil, and they just they keep maybe keep failing, keep falling, and they just keep getting up and up and up and up, and they never give up. And you say, how do you have so much drive? Well because they're focused on their vision and they're internally motivated. It's not the drive to make money or the drive to do this or that. It's they have a higher purpose that they're working towards. And that is what um, intrinsically motivates them and pushes them forward in what they're doing. We, you know, we've talked about on the podcast, we've talked about in prior episodes about creating plans, right? The different plans that we look at and the 10-year plan is one that is extremely important because in creating that, we want to not only create that long-term vision, so we make sure we're headed the right direction, but we also want to visit that at least on an annualized basis. Because if we're not regularly looking at that, how do we know if we're if we're on course, right? So so reminding, and that's something that I I mean I'll be the first to admit it. I need to do better at that. I need to do better at reviewing our vision of the businesses that we have to make sure are we still on track of where we're supposed to be headed? Because I kind of get caught in the day-to-day and the minutia of what we're doing. And I tend to not think about that. So yeah, that's one, one takeaway.
1: That, as you look at that, um, doing the review, that's kind of the reflection. Now you mentioned looking at how you're doing, but you can also look at, okay, I made some some tactical decisions that may have steered you a little bit different direction. And so you can update a little bit your vision, but still maintaining that, that 30,000 foot view and making sure that you're still on track to reach the goals that you're trying to get to.
0: Right. Yeah. Because that flexibility, once again, is important. It is important to, to be able to do that. And, and that's why you know, when, when looking at that 10-year plan and you know, setting specific milestones or goals that you want to achieve, like, like you frequently say, you want to start with the end in mind. And so in looking at that 10-year vision or that 10-year plan and then working backwards, uh, we can make sure that we're not you know, getting too far off course and we're, we're hitting each of those milestones as we should be and, and we're headed the right trajectory. Otherwise, man, it's going to be a little bit <laughs> of a disaster potentially, right? So we don't want to have that happen. Course
1: corrections.
0: Yes, exactly. Course corrections. That's a PC way of putting it. So, and, you know, another thing that's important, especially, you know, in small business, well, any business, really, you're never going to be doing it by yourself. You're going to have, you know, vendors and, and customers and different people that you're working with. But um, even in the smallest of small business, you still need to, to be able to cultivate that motivation that you have internally upon them. Because you know, maybe maybe you have a bunch of employees, maybe you don't, maybe you have, you know, outside contractors that you're working with, or VAs, or whatever it is, whoever it is you're working with, you've got to be able to cultivate that same motivation and that same that well, that same vision for what it is that you you're you're creating as a company in them. Otherwise, they're not gonna be on board. I mean, they might do their job, they might just do it, but it's more of a robotic thing versus having it within them. You want it, they want them to become a part of what you are doing. And if you can't get them on board because they're not properly motivated, um, <laughs> they're probably not gonna stick around very long. And they're not gonna do, they're not gonna create that experience, that five-star experience like we talked about uh, a few weeks ago on um, with Airbnb that, uh, that we all wanna achieve for our customers.
1: Yeah, and, and fear can be a powerful motivator yeah. But that's only going to be for a very short period of time. So if you want to create long-term motivation and enthusiasm and get your employees and your team members to get skin in the game, you want to do that through encouragement and positivity, not fear. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just a Band-Aid fix. It's really not... And some people think it's that oh, I'm going to rule with an iron fist and force everyone. Good <laughs> luck. We'll see how long that lasts, buddy. That's <laughs> not going to last. Now, now I have a question for you, Levi. Is motivation a skill that can be learned? Hmm.
1: I am going to say yes. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yes,
1: motivation is a skill that can be learned. Are you guys noticing a theme here? These things. <laughs> can be learned it takes work it takes practice it takes determination but they can be learned all right the last thing that we're going to talk about here is tip number five is tenacity and the ability to learn from failure now what do we mean by that really success everybody wants success but if you were to jump straight to success what did you learn from it and could you go repeat it the next time the people that can repeat success over and over and over again stand on a mountain of their failures. That's how they built themselves up to the level that they're at. They, they did it one failure at a time and they're basically just raising themselves one failure at a time. And so remember to embrace failures. Those are your areas where you have an opportunity to improve. And um, really it's not possible to be perfect. So why do we constantly expect ourselves to have perfection? Why do we get stuck in this fear of not succeeding at something? When, when kids get going in life and they'll, they'll try over and over and over again, but somewhere along the way that gets beaten out of us. Yeah. And that drive and determination, we've got to find a way to kind of, capture that childlike determination again so yeah yeah
0: yeah. when kid yeah when little kids are learning to walk when toddlers are learning <laughs> to walk it's not like they fall once and i ah, screw this i'll just keep crawling the rest of my life i mean that would be silly
1: well i mean they don't fall as far as we do and they still have padded diapers so it hurts a little <laughs> bit less but we have the ability and the strength to pick ourselves back up and get going again so yeah. um on that note a lot of times we want to kind of hide our setbacks and failures and really what we need to do is celebrate failure one of my favorite movies and i i mean i got kids i've i've watched tons of cartoons but it's meet the robinsons i don't know if you've ever seen it ryan
0: oh yeah love it
1: but uh there's a part in there where this this little kid will um not Will Robinson. Now I'm having a brain fart here. That, that's from another movie, <laughs> Danger Will Robinson. But uh, this kid in here, um, he—it's Lewis. That's who it is. He's yeah. fixing this invention, and it goes horribly wrong. It—it it blows up. There's peanut butter and jelly everywhere, and this family looks at him, and they say, "You failed." And that's not where it stops. That normally that's where we stop when we talk to ourselves, but this family, the next thing that they say is, and it was awesome. <laughs> right. Let, let's have that attitude towards our failures. We failed and it was awesome. What did we learn from it? What can we change and go do something a little bit different the next time?
0: Well, and the moral, right? The moral of that entire film is clearly stated It's either at the beginning or at the end, which is a quote, which is, well, throughout. But I mean, it's it's like a huge banner that goes across the screen, a quote from Walt Disney. Keep moving forward. Exactly. Keep moving forward. So.
1: So, yeah. I love that. The the next thing is to learn from adversity. So uh, Jim Rohn has a quote that he says, don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. So level up to that challenge so that it becomes easy. And as you look back at the success that you've had, you will notice that you can do tons of hard things. And what you used to think was hard, that's just an everyday occurrence now.
0: Yep. Just keep leveling up.
1: Okay. Um, the next one thing we want to talk about with tenacity is don't forget to share the experiences with others. So, number one, as as entrepreneurs, sometimes we like to hide things. Um, we, we don't like to seem like we didn't have successes, but if you can share those successes and just be your real authentic self and, and let people share not just your wins, but your struggles, you can actually inspire a lot of people along your journey. And the next thing is-
0: Well, it goes down to being vulnerable too, right? Vulnerability does. is, and I know we've talked about that before, but it, it is a principle that's so important if you are authentic and you show everybody is vulnerable, the, the thing is, is many people are not willing to show that vulnerability to others. But by opening yourself up and being vulnerable to trusted you know, people that you can trust, that can really empower you to overcome whatever the challenge is or the failure is that you faced and be able to make that uh, you know ancient history. So very, very yeah. empowering.
1: And, and that becomes especially important as you look towards your partners and your mentors and your coaches, right? You've got to share what's really going on because sometimes these are just friends and mentors, but sometimes we're paying them. And if you're holding <laughs> back, you're just hurting yourself. Yeah. So um, we've, we've talked about this a lot. Be open to change. Always be willing to make adjustments. Because as you learn and progress, what you thought might work, you may have found a better way in the process. And you've got to be open and flexible enough to make that shift so you can see the progress that you want to see in your business. Um, And as always, your only failure in life is giving up. Your only failure in business is giving up. So just remember that building a dream It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time to build something great, but as you are tenacious and you stick with it and learn and grow and put that into practice, you can build that dream, but it takes time. And uh, guess what, Ryan, I got a question for you. Yes. Is tenacity a skill that can be (laughs) learned?
0: I don't know. Hold on. Let me check my notes real quick. Yes, it can be. <laughs> Survey says. Ding 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 ding. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. It is And that's the thing is when it boils down to mindset. As an entrepreneur, as a small business owner, you're forging a new path. You're creating something, you know, generally that hasn't been done before or that hasn't been done in the way that you're currently doing it. And so if nobody else is going to believe in you, you've got to believe in yourself. And that starts with nurturing and developing the correct mindset. Today we've shared five key traits that we, uh, that we work on and that we would invite you to continue to, to focus on in your entrepreneurial journey so that you can achieve the goals that you're looking for and, uh, and fulfill your vision in business and in life.
1: Perfect, all right, well that is this episode. So guess what, next week we're gonna be talking about the number one thing that entrepreneurs suck at, new entrepreneurs that they completely suck at. So don't fall prey to that. Join us next week to find out what it is. And remember to jump online at championhustle.com. That's where we've got all the links to all the podcast directories, YouTube and Facebook. So go ahead and, and join and connect with us there. And we will talk to you guys next week. Take care, see ya. Bye.
0: Thank you for joining
1: us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com.